Patrick Hooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. Number 17 in the 50 most relevant is Geelong Cat Patrick Dangerfield. For what feels like an eternity, he has been a much-beloved player of our fantasy football sides. And last year, he was number one in the 50 most relevant. He's had a drop, but there's a pretty big and simple reason for it. Before we talk all things Dangerfield, my guest uh, is the host of the Phantoms Lair podcast. You can go and check that out and all of the incredible article content uh, he is turning out. You can go and check that out through Superfooty and everywhere else. I've got the Phantom on. Hello, mate. How are you? Well, thank you, MJ. Thanks for having me back on. Now, when you told me we're talking Patrick Dainsford, I thought I was be coming on in a couple of weeks, mate. Too low. What are we doing? Oh, I know. It, it, it's too low. And to be fair, it, it was a sad day when he lost that forward status. Last year, it was an absolute godsend. Christmas came early when we got him. He's still, in my mind, one of the best options heading into 2020. I just think there might be 16 better. Maybe, yeah, and I, I do appreciate the, the loss of dual position status, but we'll get to it a little bit later, I'm sure. But people say he had a bit of a fall last year, 115-point average in Supercoach. It's a, pre- it's a pretty good fall, if you ask me. So Yeah, look, um, if that's it. Yeah, look, if that's the fall from grace, you'll take it. Look, still 29 years old. He's a midfielder, and last year across all the formats, certainly not his best ever season, but still a pretty darn good one in Supercoach. Top score from the year came against the Saints. It was 163. Just the one-point differential in uh, AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, 162 against the Tigers. Uh, Phantom, you've talked about that Supercoach average already. Well, and truly a nice thing of beauty, 115, while in Fantasy, just the 107-point. Four. Across formats, he is going to set you back a, a little bit. Nowhere near as expensive is what he would have set you back over previous years. So that is the positive thing. Just a, a little bit under 630k uh, in Supercoach. Uh, and then around about that 700,000 market in DT and uh, around about 800k in Fantasy. So look, price range kind of scatters a, across the formats a, a little bit. 777,000 in Dream Team, if you want to be very, very specific. But look, it, it it was a pretty disappointing year, and that's a, that's a big call, but disappointing in terms of, for so many years, Phantom, he has led the league in almost everything possible, and yet still, he was ranked second for total inside 50, second for score involvements, um, fourth for contested possessions across the league, 13th for total possessions, one of the best scorers across all formats of the game. Gosh, we're critical sometimes when a guy pumps out a 115 super coach here and goes, yeah, it was a bad year. Absolutely. And it, that was that marks still the ninth best in the competition. And, and that figure also accounts for the injury affected 26 in mm. round seven. So you take that out, it bumps up again. And uh, we know it was a different year at the Cats. We had, uh, Tim Kelly, second year, another big step from him. And Chris Scott needed another a marking option inside 50. We know how good Dane, who's one-on-one at his side, there's probably no harder matchup for defenders. So there's little surprise that Scott used him more inside 50. He had a direct result on Dane's scoring. And you look back, he averaged 27 disposals per game, still at the top end of the competition, but four less than in 2016 when he averaged 130. And he's still... 
three less than when he averaged 132 in 2017. So didn't get as much of the ball, um, given what Geelong needed of him. Uh, so, you know, we know Tim Kelly's not there this year and uh, Josh Jenkins arrived as well for Chris Scott to use. So I think he'll bounce back in a big way. Yeah, I think he will. Last year he averaged 27 possessions, going at about 66% efficiency in Supercoach. That 115 average was comprised of 13 tonnes. Nice ratio, though, of eight of those hundreds were 140-plus. He is still very much a captaincy option for us in Supercoach. Uh, ranked sixth last year for midfielders for total points. Just McRae, Neil, Dunkley, Bontempelli, and Trelaw scored more points in Supercoach than him last year, but not by much. While in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, an average of 106, 14 tonnes, six of those hundreds over 120, including a final round one. 50 against the Blues. Ranked 13th for total points of all midfielders last year. And you do talk about that game. He was injury impacted in one of those games where I think it was his ankle in the first quarter against Essen. And then I think he hurt his knee in the second quarter and pretty much from halftime onwards didn't move out of the goal square. Exactly. And people say he might carry on a little bit with injury, but we saw him over here firsthand as well when he was at the Crows. He would play through a lot and he gets banged up. We know that. But he's not one to sit out, so we know he tries to get through. 26 uh, score in round seven. As we said, boys average down a lot. But you speak about that total average out of all midfielders. Uh, he was trumped by some of those younger guys last year. But mm. if you look back over the past three seasons, uh, home and away matches, Patrick Dangerfield scored 362 more points in Supercoach than the second-ranked Jack McRae. Oh. Uh, Lockheed Hill played more than third or fourth, respectively, but... We're talking uh, a little bit bigger sample size. Patrick Danefield is by far and away the number one midfielder in Supercoach over the past three years. He's absolutely a, a scoring beast for us. Like, nobody really has the ceiling through the midfield that can even touch him. Like, there's a couple that get close, but... Back in, in 2016 against North Melbourne, that 229 um, back in June in Supercoach, it was 187 that same game in Dream Team and Fantasy. Like, these are rarefied numbers that players can get to. And what I really love about Danger, there, there's so much about him, is we talk about that durability that even though um, he's not un- unprone to getting, you know, um, knocks and battered and bruised, and part of that's just because of the way he chooses to play the game. He has only yeah. missed four games um, over the past five seasons. So even though he's got a heavily contested style of game, we have a bash and crash footballer that bursts out of stoppages um, and he's able to use the ball on the left and the right foot. He still rarely misses. And then on top of that is his scoring deviation is minimal in contrast to some of our other premiums in losses and wins. Sometimes it's a 30 or 40 point gap between what the average is when they win and what the average when you lose, but not so much for Dangerfield. Just last year um, in wins, um, he averaged 112 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team in losses, 94.7. So a bit of a drop away there in Dream Team and Fantasy with just around about the 18 points. But in Supercoach, it's really quite tight. 117 he averaged in wins was a 110 in losses. So you know you're getting probably more in Supercoach than the other formats, but you get a guy that whether they win or they lose, you can pretty much guarantee you're going to get a 110 average score out of Patrick Dangerfield. Absolutely, and, and they still want to win, and he wants to win as bad as anyone. We know Geelong have been around the mark last few years, haven't quite taken that next step. He still wants it badly, and you know, with Tim Kelly not there anymore, I think 
he's going to almost put the onus on himself um, to lift that midfield up to where it needs to be. Um, yeah, so I think I, I, I'm big on Paddy Dangerfield. The fan I wrote uh, a couple of weeks ago, my must-have midfielder in 2019 is Patrick Dangerfield. I think he is slightly underpriced after that 115-point season. I'll go back to my three-year analysis, 124 points per game yeah. over the past three years. So, and it's Jay, uh, rare. Uh, I'm yeah, and I think that's the big thing, isn't it? Is we are getting him at a price that we haven't got for such a long time. It, this, you know, you look at the past four or five years since he's been at Geelong, um, it's pretty much his lowest price we're paying for him in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, and certainly is the lowest we've paid for him since he's gotten to Geelong. Um, and you do raise that interesting point about how Geelong structure up now with the departure of. Tim Kelly, and I'm keen to get your take on it. Um, I'm pretty convinced they go all in with Joel Selwood, you know, hitting the twilight of his career. Gary Ablett is certainly in his final season. Danger himself turns 30 mid-year. Like, with these potentially three future Hall of Fame players, yes, I know they've got lots of kids coming, but I think they've just got to go all in one more time, which means he plays mids. What do you think happens with the departure of Kelly? I agree. I think he does uh, spend less time inside 50 than he did last year. Um, Josh Jenkins makes his own way over from the Crows, um, and as well as a fit, it's either Radigalia too. So if Chris Scott's going to fit Jenkins, Hawkins and Radigalia in the same forward line, he's got some nice smalls, mm. um, some pressure forwards to, to fit around those three guys. I don't think he needs Dangerfield inside 50 as much as he did last year. Um, couple that with obviously Tim Kelly's hole in the midfield. Yes, there's Jack Stephen, uh, who you know if he can all, all going to plan, uh, he helps fill that void too. But I think Dane is the one to really uh, not replace is the wrong word because he was there anyway. Yeah, um, just pick up a rotation or two, sort of thing. Double up and replace. Tim Kelly's presence in a way in that midfield again. Yeah, look, and I think that's the big thing. Depending on how bullish you want to be about Patrick Dangerfield's season, it all comes down to the big question of what did Geelong do with that midfield structure? Yes, they've got a plan for the future. Parfit, Narkel, Constable. These guys are going to need to get some game time. But while you've got the likes of the players they do, Hawkins up forward is another of their aging stars. If you want to maximise them while you've got them, I think they need to go all. And if that's the case, then we could be getting back to those years of 2016 and 2017. Across those two seasons, he averaged 117 and 120 in Dream Team and Fantasy and scored a ton in 83% of matches. Yep, 35 tons from 42 games, while in Supercoach, even better. 130 and 136 for his seasonal averages, 36 tons over those two years and got a ton in every 80 on 85% of occasions during those two years. If he goes back to that beast mode, you're right. We've got an underpriced star. And given his ownership percentage, right now at time of recording, it's about 30% in Supercoach, 18% in AFL Fantasy. For a guy that could push for being top two or three midfield in average for the year, if not number one in Supercoach, gosh, that's low ownership too. Absolutely. And uh, he only needs to, to win one or two more disposals per game uh, yeah last year to push back past that 120 point mark I think we, as I said before we know it dropped it's down four disposals per game from that 2016 high so you speak of being close to number one I've got him at number one I yeah. know some would disagree with that but I think 
the role this year. I think he plays 22 games. I think he's even got Jack McRae covered and maybe a slow starting Tom Mitchell. Yeah. No, look, for me right now in Supercoach, he's one of the first picked for me. I'm I'm really bullish on Patrick Dangerfield. I, I don't know um, why you might look... Oh, I do know why you'd look elsewhere, but I'm really like yeah. you. I'm convinced um, he's going to be um, value for us this year. Um, nice starting squad. We know he's a captaincy option for us week in, week out. The tag does barely anything to him. Um, and, and look, the fact he's under 30% or is 30% ownership in Supercoach, yeah, it's pretty rarefied. And it sounds like for you, he's a starting option there too. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Yep. AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. I understand a little bit more hesitation given he's only had the um, just the two seasons where he's averaged over 115 uh, across there. But if he gets back to that 2016-17 role, his value, and I would never talk someone out of starting him in, in those formats as well. Let's talk yeah. about where he goes in a draft, though, Phantom. Supercoach draft. He's a round one pick, is he not? He definitely is. So I put my top 50 draft rankings, the early edition of them at advertiser.com.au a couple of weeks ago. And I had him right at the top. I had him after Lockie Whitfield at number three. I've got Patrick Dangerfield as, my, as the first pick midfielder at four, just ahead of Jack McRae. Is that too early for you? No, I don't think it's too early for me, but I don't think you probably have to use that pick. I know getting those early selections is... It, it's so fascinating. With Whitfield, I agree. I think he's one of the first picked off the draft board. Gorn and Grundy are really strong. What I like about Dangerfield is, and maybe it's my draft strategy this year, is I actually would quite like to be pick 8, 9, or 10 in the draft this year yep. because I can see people going... No, nah, no, nah, it's McRae's year again, or they buy the hype of Dunkley or Neil, or they want to lock away a Rory, um, no, maybe not a Rory letter, a Jake Lloyd out the back, and all of a sudden here I am with pick 8, 9, 10, and I'm watching Patrick Dangerfield slide to me here. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's a, you know one of the best midfielders of the year, and you probably won't have to use a third round or third selection overall on him, but yeah, I think he's one of the best mids this year, man. Yeah, no, I agree. And like I said, a lot of people will jump for those, uh, those you know, McRae, even even Nat Fife, I guess, gets through. Yeah, Crips, yeah. Again. But um, yeah, be, yeah, you're right. It'd be a nice pick at a seven or eight. You'd be very, very happy with Patrick Daniels. Yeah, no, I certainly would. You know, in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy, uh, certainly not going to go that early. I can see him going yep. off draft boards in the second round uh, through there. Still a really nice M1 if you've locked away one of those other premium big dogs on the other lines. But I, I wouldn't be surprised in that format too if people, and, and I know you've done it in some of your rankings too, Phantom, that we are seeing some people fall in love with the the thinner forward lines and what we might see in uh, Dream Team or AFL Fantasy as well as Supercoach is people trying to lock away one of those big premium forwards early yeah. and as such a player like a danger in Dream Team and Fantasy might even slide on the turn into the third round, which is crazy. It is. Uh, yeah, you'd be stoked if you if Daniel Field was still there um, in, in, in those formats yep. in the third round. Yeah, I, man. I can't see those... Um, Coach is right on top of doing so, but you're right. It, it, it could happen. It could happen. It, you're, you know, I could also be wrong, which is not uncommon. <laughs> hey, mate, uh, appreciate your work today as we talk about Paddy Dangerfield. Mate, thanks for having me back on. Always happy to talk Supercoach and, of course, Patrick Dangerfield. I've been big on him for the last couple of weeks, so always happy to talk about who I think the number one midfielder this year.
Well, I love it, mate. If you want to go and uh, check out the uh, the Phantoms Lair podcast, you can go and do that now. Just go search for that wherever you get your podcasts. It is there. Also, all of the great work that he does at The Advertiser. Uh, you'll often see that over at Super Footy as well. There is a ton of great Supercoach resources. If that's your format of choice, make sure you go and check that out. We might even try to sneak fans uh, back a little bit later on in the 50 Most Relevant. Tomorrow, we get into the number 16 of the 50 Most Relevant and I wonder who it could be.